Everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Walt. And I'm Walt. And we have another exciting week coming up here. Uh, a lot of jockeying for positions within conferences. Uh, we had a big weekend last weekend. Um, uh, it was some crazy games there with the Tennessee-Georgia and the Alabama-LSU game. Um, but before we get into those, Wall, we got to cover some some DraftKings League info. Walrus is a back-to-back winner with 183.18 this week. Jam Doof in second. James 03 in third. Uh, Walrus took the most costly quarterback. He took Bo Nix, and then he also took Drake May from North Carolina. Together, it was 17800 which was a crazy price, but ended up getting them 239 per point, which was awesome. Uh, in total, that was 74 points. Uh, in the average placement, Walrus is leading with a 2.5 average over eight games, uh, which is impressive, considering he is also counting a fifth place in that. <laughs> uh, I guess that's what back-to-back wings get you, Wall. I guess so. I knew Walrus. I knew he was a stud. Saw it from the beginning of the year. I told you, Woj, I told you he was coming up to take this league. While I can't do DFS myself, I sure can pick a winner. <laughs> jm doof uh in a tight second though with 2.6 he's counting a few fourth places and then my sir myself in third at 3.5 uh a full place back uh but i am still counting a seventh so that's probably a big reason for that uh the best eight week points um is walrus with 1353 jm doof with 1296 and myself with 1230 uh so again walrus with a commanding lead in that we'll have the uh, DraftKings 14 game main slate this week again 14 games uh they've been uh, consistently doing that the last couple weeks but man wall what a game georgia georgia bulldogs bulldog their way through tennessee 27 to 13 uh and it wasn't even it didn't even seem as close as the final score there at the end wall well, I agree with you on that last part there. It did not seem as close as that final score would tell you at 27 to 13. I mean, Georgia was, I, I'd love to see the person, you know, come on this podcast, you know, just tweet us, let me know if you think that Tennessee is a better football team than Georgia after watching that game, because I, I think they've proven that they're the best in the nation. I mean, 38% of the plays, Georgia was pressuring Tennessee, Mr. Hooker on dropbacks. There were six sacks, eight tackles for loss. That Georgia defense, as we mentioned, or I should say, as I mentioned, really came to play football. They shut down that electric number one in the nation offense. Covered sacks, though. If you gave the game ball to someone, I'm not sure who they gave it to, but Mr. Ringo, number five over there, he shut down that Tennessee secondary. Cornerback, we don't talk about them enough on this show. They are one of the toughest positions in college football to play. Mr. Ringo, number five, man, did he shut down Hyatt. He shut down the rest of that Tennessee offense over there, electric offense. And I think a lot of those sacks were covered sacks by how well that secondary played. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. And just the, the way they were able to contain hooker was, uh, I mean, they just played a phenomenal game on defense, which we expect from Georgia. Um, I mean, they came to play. And I, I think the 12th man had a, a huge impact in that game, especially early. Uh, the amount of noise that was being created early and then Tennessee, I think, had five off the ball. So before the snap penalties in the first uh, first quarter, I think, 
uh, in that game, which was nuts. They just kept getting penalty after penalty and they just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get their drives going uh, after that first drive. I mean, they just got stomped by the Georgia Georgia fan base there, Wall. Well, and last week, Woj, I don't know if you're listening, but I told you that Tennessee, especially Mr. Hennon Hooker himself, they have trouble on the road. They do not play good football on the road, and that's going back to last year too, taking that all into consideration. And I agree, yes, the fans did help them. If that game was played on a neutral field, Georgia still stomps Tennessee. If that game is played at Tennessee, Georgia still beats Tennessee. That's my opinion, obviously. We'll never know this year anyways. What I really like about this game, Georgia, you know, they crushed Tennessee. They beat them up. End of the game, you're talking about the fans. I don't know if you caught it. What did the fans do? They they headed towards the aisles and they left. You know why? Because Georgia came into that game. Their fans came into that game expecting to win football. They're not storming the field because, oh, they beat the best team in the country. <laughs> no, they beat a team that was far inferior to them. So I love that part of the game. They didn't storm the field. It was great. Uh, speaking of storm the field, I'm going to skip ahead here. But the <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but Kansas sent out a Twitter that says, no GoFundMe needed. And they showed a picture of their goalposts. Because they stormed the field again, and the goalposts were intact, so they they didn't have to get a GoFundMe to buy them. But yeah, Oklahoma State uh, finally did score a touchdown, but loses to Kansas thirty-seven to sixteen. While uh, yeah, they finally got one touchdown in the game in the second quarter, and it's been a it's been a struggle offensively for Oklahoma State. Wall. Well, Spencer Sanders, he injured his shoulder. Ever since he injured his shoulder, they have not been the same football team. No, whether he no. whether he plays or not, you know that's questionable. But he's there's a lot of things off the field going on there with him potentially going to the NFL. Gundy obviously wanted him to come back another year because Spencer Sanders is that team. Since they lost that Kansas State game, you know, 48 to nothing, I, I can see why a team like that would get deflated after having such high hopes on the season. And then, you know, Kansas State really coming in there and crushing them. It's just it's a different football team now, Woj. They did not play well last game. No, and you know, the reason everyone's probably wondering why, why did Kansas storm the field in the Oklahoma State game? They are now bowl eligible for the first time in a long time. Well, and I think uh, I don't think any of us took the expected no. them to win as many games as they've oh. won in the early season. Okay. All right, I was just gonna say I took the over. I know you and Star yeah, yeah, were, yeah, I'm were sure, yeah. hammering down my throat that we should take the <laughs> under two. I think it was, but no, I, I took the over. So no, I did not expect that many wins. It's a good football team. I mean, they, they, they come to play every game. They come to play. They come I to believe play. Uh, I'm going to have to go back, but I believe I took the over as well, just because of the quarterback change they had. Um, so I'll have to go back and take a look, but I didn't expect them to win be six and three with, with three games still left to go, which is surprising, but another one, Bama loses in death Valley 32 to 31. Man, they just can't catch a break with those field goals or those tight games well. No, and they can't, but they don't really deserve to. I mean, they they had nine penalties in this game, Woj, which uh, if I were to tell you all year, right? Yeah, if if I were to tell you, you know, that a Nick Saban coach team, and you mentioned all year, yeah, well, maybe when we get into the games, I can give you some of the stats on that, but nine penalties in a football game of this, you know, gravity. If I were to tell you that was a Nick Saban coach football team, you, you probably wouldn't believe me unless you actually saw the box score in this game. You know, it, it, it's tough to watch a good football team because Bama is a good football team, but it's tough to watch a good football team beat themselves up. This game, you know, LSU won it. It's a coin flip win, though. You know, they go for two at the end in the end zone or yeah. to get the point after instead of getting the point after they went for two. They get it. Coin flip. They win this one. Next time they don't get it, Bama wins it. So coin flip game. But, man, they just they keep shooting themselves in the foot, Woj. 
Yeah, I don't know the exact stat, but I know they're close to the most penalized team in FBS. No, the uh, second most penalized team as far as number of penalties. That's ridiculous. Uh, For Again, like you talked about, a Nick Saban's coach team, a team that should be every year, who usually is very disciplined and and good, and that's how they win games, but no, uh, that's just... Again, I'm acceptable. Maybe they're just too young. I don't know, but it's it's just one of those things where they need to figure that out if they wanted to win games. And it looks like they won't be in the playoffs this year, and I, they don't deserve to in the in the way they're playing. So, um, props to LSU and and Brian Kelly for getting the win. They are surprisingly almost underdogs this coming weekend at Arkansas. So maybe the hangover will uh, will take an effect. At least that's what the the odds makers are saying. I think they're only three point favorites. So um we'll we'll see if that hangover from the big win goes goes ahead and uh and tells the tells the tale there in arkansas well yeah i don't think lsu is a very good football team i'll say it again i've been saying it most of the year so all right michigan state beats the illini 23 to 15 most people are like well, why do we need to know about that but man does this make the big 10 west one giant complete mess of garbage wall uh you have some some I, everybody other than Nebraska and Northwestern has a chance to make it to the Big Ten championship game, which is insane. So you have Minnesota, Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa. Or uh, yeah, in Illinois, kind of holds their fate right now, but they do have to play Michigan, so they'll be back, kicked back one game with everybody else. So I mean, it's 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 a cluster wall. It is, and I, we tweeted out. I think it was last week, or it might have been the week before about how it must've been the week before because Northwestern dropped a couple and they're obviously been out for, but two weeks ago, must've been, we dropped a tweet that was a guy showing how it could have been a seven way tie for the champion. You know, at that point it would have been seven games into the season halfway through. So it is crazy, but it's just a competition level. There's a lot of even competition. Illinois was the one, you know, ranked team in that picture at the time that was really a good football team you know the nation was giving them credit which us on the podcast we generally don't give them as much credit especially considering we're from Illinois Woj as we probably should they're a good football team you know they have their D Woj that was the the most points they'd given up in the season 23 so their, their D is is just really good you know they're really no, good it, defense it is uh with being 23 15 there's a safety involved in there too so I mean they're 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 solid uh especially defensively um Man, it was one of those one of those Big Ten games from back in the day when Iowa played Illinois because it was just defense versus defense. It was who whose defense could score more points to beat the other defense. So it would. And speaking of Illinois, well, we're going to kick off this week's games with Purdue at number twenty-one, Illinois, eleven a.m. on ESPN two. This this has some implications in the Big Ten West. It does, and it could be a good football game. The odds makers, I think they're giving Illinois. A- bit of credit here a bounce back win here illinois minus six over under 44 and a half purdue plus 210 if you want to take them on the money line i just mentioned that illinois defense you know they're second or they're first i should say in the big 10 with michigan right behind them close there at second illinois is best in the nation best in the nation on scoring defense so purdue you know they might be the best offense that illinois played so far We'll see. Iowa shut down Charlie Jones. Woj, were you yeah, watching that, that game? They they shut down all of Purdue. I did watch that game. Um, so I, I I mean Illinois, I'm sure can can do it too. Uh, they, they they did a good job of containing that Purdue kind of air raid or spread offense. 
They did. I mean, they they uh, held him. I'm glad that you watched the game, which I'm glad Iowa State wasn't on at the same time and you oh, caught Iowa on, football. Come on, but all right, Iowa, all right. they they held Charlie Jones, and this is in air quotes if you could see me. They held him, you know, shut him down. He only had 11 receptions and 104 yards, which for Charlie Jones, that's that's not a huge game because he's he's such a prime time player. You know, I, I was number third in NCAA football for most targets. Well, there you go. It makes sense because he's he's a lot of their offense. But the, the question becomes, obviously, can Illinois shut that down? They do have that good defense. But over on the other side of the ball, they have, you know, a decent offense too. Mr. Chase Brown, great running back, 257 carries on the year, 1,344 yards. He only has five touchdowns. But a lot of times when they get down there in the red zone, DeVito's running in their quarterback. He has four rushing touchdowns on the year. So we'll see what happens. You know, that over-under, it opened at 46 and a half. It got bet down. It's sitting at 44 and a half. Something to watch this time of year, especially here in Illinois. It's getting nippy, Woj. So when it gets cold, you know, not a lot of points are being scored. No. Well, and I'm taking a DraftKings pick in this game. Believe it or not, a 44 and a half point game. I'm taking an Illinois guy. Well, it's been a long time since I picked an <laughs> Illinois guy. I mean, maybe I picked Chase Brown here or there. Well, actually, I know I picked Chase Brown a couple weeks ago, but Isaiah Williams, I'm taking a wide receiver from Illinois. Uh, 6,000. He's a great mid-tier option. Three TDs in the last two weeks. Yeah, they only scored 15 points last week, but he had 26 fantasy points. Uh, he scored their two touchdowns. So 22-plus uh, points in the last two weeks, both of them just under 100 yards. He had 93 and 98, so just missed that plus-three bonus for getting over 100. He's averaging right around nine targets a game. Uh, DeVito's been, again, Illinois has been just kind of rejuvenated there with DeVito and Williams and Brown definitely helps the pass game by opening the pass game up a little bit with how good he is on the ground. But yeah, Isaiah Williams is a, is a decent mid-tier option at 6,000 and you're going to need those guys. Cause right now this week, this week's a tough week for wide receivers. You're, you're either upper echelon tier for consistency, or you're just, you're risking it for the biscuit in the lower tiers. Uh, this week is not a great week for, for for those teams that like to spread the ball around and get some points, and there aren't enough gigantic spreads for that to happen. Uh, and when there is a gigantic spread this or uh, over-unders, the spreads are crazy, so you know they're not going to just pass it the entire game. So I, I, I don't know. I, again, good mid-tier option that 6,000 range if he keeps getting those 22 plus games he'll he'll give you even value so that that's not too bad there well hey i'll take your word for it all right moving on we got louisville at number 10 clemson at 2 30 p.m on espn clemson let me down last week while including that georgia game we never even talked about that i owe you 50 bucks um but yeah clemson let me down against notre dame and, and they got sloshed wall they, they started the wrong quarterback. I don't know what Dabo Sweeney's doing, but they are not starting the correct quarterback. Well, I, I'm not sure. You might be right about that. I, I can tell you last week, if you uh, you did say on the podcast you liked uh, Clemson in that game, I probably would have taken you heads up in that one too, Woj, because I, I like Notre Dame on the spread not to win the game outright, which they did. Obviously, Clemson didn't look very good. It was a rough loss, Woj. 35 to 14, that's, that's, that's not a number four team in the nation, you know, losing to a a team that has two losses on the season, right? To Marshall and Stanford, nonetheless, those are Notre Dame's <laughs> losses. So, you know, it's, it wasn't a good football game by any means for Clemson, you know? And then you got to remember too, that um, this Notre Dame team, they've just, they've kind of been running through the ACC, Woj. Have you noticed that? Uh, they have, yeah. 
<laughs> they're just feasting. I don't know why they didn't stay in the ACC because they do be doing pretty well right now. But yeah, they are just floating through the ACC and all, all these games. Well, they are. It's, it's crazy. I mean, they, we, I mentioned they lost the Marshall and Stanford. They, they, I shouldn't say they crushed every ACC team, but they beat every ACC team they've played handily. So this game in itself, Clemson's lost last game, I should say, really hurts the ACC. Um, this game, though, Louisville's six and three team, you know, losses to Syracuse, Florida State, Boston College. They won against Pitt, Wake Forest, and then beat James Madison last week. You know, Cunningham, quarterback over there. I'm not sure if you're going to talk about him in DFS, Woj, but he's the leader of that team. He rushes it, he passes it, 1,477 yards passing on the season. I don't know. Clemson's won nine straight in the ACC. In the ACC, no one can beat him. Obviously, Notre Dame can, but six of the last seven, seven they've won in November. Clemson is a team that's generally prepared for games like this come November because, you know, they got a good coach over there. Say what you want about last game. He's a good coach. Their defense hasn't been awful. We expected that they would regress a little bit with Venables leaving, going head coach over there at Oklahoma. So I, I kind of like Clemson in this one to bounce back. Louisville is not a team I respect. So I'll probably be looking to take Clemson in this one, given the seven. Yeah, I, this is an interesting game for me because Louisville hasn't been terrible on defense. Uh, I mean, you're looking at games against Wake Forest. They only gave up 21. Pittsburgh, 10. Virginia, 17. Um, UCF, they only gave up 14. Um, so, I mean, there, there's actually that was, yeah, yeah. UCF, they only gave up 14. So, I mean, there's some high-powered offenses they were. They didn't give up that many points. They're still scoring some points. You talked about Cunningham. He's a consistent, you know, twenty mid-20s kind of guy. Um, he's at 7,600 this week. Not someone I'm I'm definitely keen on, on but uh, it, it's a possibility if you need just space in your roster cap. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this is one of those games where I'm just not sure Louisville's defense has looked good at times and has looked poor at other times. Um, but versus bigger teams, they've they've showed up. So again, I, I want to give it to Clemson because I know they're a better team. They're a better team than what they played last week for sure. So, uh, again, I'm going to stay off this one, but just because of my, my interactions with Clemson last week. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Another quarterback wall, just quick, uh, in DraftKings is Tanner uh, Mordecai. We're not going to talk about the SMU game, but that SMU game is going to be explosive. Um, he's only 8,100. He's not the highest priced, and I'm not sure how he's not. Uh, DraftKings got this wrong. He's coming off a 65.6 point game versus Houston, throwing nine TDs. He had nine TDs, and he actually rushed for one, too. So he had 10 TDs total in the game. Um, but I, I can't believe that in a 70 plus over under game that DraftKings priced him here. Maybe they know more than me. South Florida is D, who they're playing, is not very good. The, one of the worst passing Ds and one of the worst ground Ds in the slate. Uh, passing wise, they're giving up 288 yards per game, um, 8.9 yards per attempt, and 2.1 touchdowns per game in the air. And we'll get to the ground game a little bit later, Wall. But yeah, I, again, more, uh, Cunningham's really good, but Mordecai at 8,100 for you're, you're paying up $500 for a guy that can possibly score you 65 or 60 plus points in a game is, is absolutely outstanding. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Mordecai this weekend, even though every time I pick him, he does terrible. We talked about this earlier in the year, but I'm picking him this week. So screw all of you guys. <laughs> well, I'll avoid him. He's, he's done well for me when I've picked him on DFS. All right. 
Next up, number 22, UCF at 17, Tulane, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN, two wall. Implications for their conference here. Yeah, this this will be a good football game. People will browse, you know, they'll scan right by it normally because UCF, Tulane, who cares? But I'm glad that UCF's got that number 22 and Tulane's got that number 17 because it's going to get some eyeballs. It's going to be a good football game. Right now, as it sits, Tulane minus one and a half. Over under a 54 and a half to lane minus 115. You got to lay 115 if you want to make a hundred. Last week, Tulane beat Tulsa 27 to 13. I know that Tulsa's a if you look at their body of work, it won't show it, but they're they're a pretty good football team. And I was watching this game on one of the screens, and it was a pretty good football game. Tulane kind of had control of it most of the time, but they're playing a different opponent this week. They're playing, you know, that UCF team that can they'll, they'll play anyone in the nation, Woj. Don't you love that about UCF? They will play any team in the nation first. They will play any team in the nation. And on respects to Tulane, too, they've played Kansas State, and they beat them 17 to 10 earlier in the season. So, I I mean, props to the Atlantic American Conference and playing out of their conference and showing showing up and doing well. For sure. They, They do well. They play well. They keep the games tight. And sometimes they come away, not sometimes, you know, occasionally, more than occasionally they come away with a win. And for this Tulane team, the reason of it is because of Michael Pratt. I believe you asked me last week, what you're like, have you even heard of him? Was that who you're asking me about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Pratt. And I, I told you, yeah, I've heard of him because he's been around since he was a freshman and that's how I knew about him. He's been consistently getting better. You know, his freshman year, 1800 yards, 20 touchdowns, eight interceptions, sophomore year, 2300 yards, 21 touchdowns, eight interceptions. This year he's at 1800 yards already, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions. So, He's just been getting better. The team has been getting better around him. And now Tulane is a competitive football team. Hey, watch for them next year, baby. He's back as a senior. Oh, man, I, I can't even imagine how good that football team will be. But we'll be talking about them next year. I like the D, too. I'm always looking at the D. 11th in the nation, points against, only giving up 16.9. UCF, though, bit more firepower than Tulane's played so far. They, they got Plumley over there. Uh, uh, that's a man you know, old mess quarterback, right, Woach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's questionable, though. I don't know if he's going to play or not. I think he's, it's considered a game-time decision, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, another person, and you just talked about Pratt being going to be there for another year, so is Tajay Spears. We talked about him last week, uh, the running back. He is only, what is he this week? He's 6,500 this week. He scored us a ton of points last week. A lot of people had him, including Walrus. Uh, he had both of our picks there running back, uh, even though I didn't mention it during the podcast. I did have Ibrahim uh, and him listed down, but Tajay Spears uh, has been a super consistent running back for them, getting the ball a lot, getting a sh- crap ton of touchdowns. Uh, but at 6,500, that's a that's a steal at running back. And another running back, while I don't mean to get off topic here in this game, this game is, is awesome for the uh, American Athletic Conference, but Tyler Levine, another SMU guy who is the SMU has been littered with injuries while in their running back crew. And last week or two weeks ago, he got the call Tyler Levine. He's only 3,400 this week. He's scored absolutely nuts points the last couple of weeks, 40 plus spread, um, or excuse me, this is going to be a 70 plus over under South Florida has given up 214 yards in the ground, 5.9 yards per attempt and 2.9 TDs in the ground per, per week. The last two weeks, again, they've been just getting injuries. He scored 25 and 26 versus Tulsa and Houston. So uh, look for Levine and Spears. We're going 
AAC wall all the way with running backs and quarterbacks this week. Let's go. Yeah, you kept it in conference, Woj, with SMU. Yeah. So I'll give you that. But to get back in that game, I mean, I, I, I like to see if this line continues to move. I, if, I, I can't see Tulane becoming the dog in this one at home. But if they do, as far as that game goes, UCF Tulane, I'd be looking at Tulane any plus money I get. It's basically a pick em now, but it's been moving around a bit. Opened at minus 118 on FanDuel, got bet all the way down to minus 137 on Tulane's side. Now it's back to minus 120, heading back to where they opened. So they got some good action on that book, both sides. But I'll look Tulane at home. If I can get that plus number, I'll start to chop at it, babe. Baby. Well, I'm going all the way with Tulane. You know, my our alma mater was a green wave. That was our that was our guy. I gotta go with the green wave. I mean, come on, let's go Tulane. Let's go green wave. Yeah, I think I think that's how my wife picks her teams too by the mascot vote. So <laughs> you guys line up well. Well, she she won the DraftKings this year, so that, that it works. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um and I'm she's leading on. the well, she's leading the fantasy, the year-long fantasy. She's crushing yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> me too i guess yeah. she is she is crushing everybody yeah. um all right moving on we have number four tcu at number 18 texas 6 30 p.m on abc texas coming off that big win last week this is this is jockeying for position two even though tcu is undefeated if tcu loses your wallet that, that conference is up for grabs there or possibly another rematch texas tcu in the championship game yeah and it's funny you, you phrased it if tcu loses, which if, if you look at the line in this one, TCU is getting seven words. They're getting a full touchdown. The people, this is not, you know, the poll makers, the people that have money on the line are putting them plus seven, getting them a full touchdown over under a 64 and a half TCU plus two thirty. And this is the biggest game of the weekend. I know there's a reason we're not talking about the Alabama Ole Miss game at number nine, number 11. I get it. All the talking heads are talking about that one, but Hey, we'll see next week how big of a game that was by the final score to that one. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at the spread on it. The odds makers are telling you everything you need to know. But this is the biggest game by far of the weekend. I'm excited to see how it goes. Texas came out minus seven. It surprised me, you know, a little bit. They they actually had some of the market making books. They came out a little higher than, you know, minus seven, which really surprised me. I'd expect, you know, three, three and a half kind of line, but that's not where we're at. So I'm going to have to sit this one out a little bit, probably, Woj, but I think Texas, a football team, when they play their best football, when they are playing their best football, they can beat any team. And yes, I'm saying this, any team in the nation, Woj. Any team, even Georgia, I don't know. Maybe sans Georgia. If they play Georgia, they're going to give them a good game playing their best football. But the problem with Texas is they're too streaky, man. They're just not consistent. You know, They don't get that best game every game that Georgia gets or the best game every game that you know, a team like Alabama generally gets or a team like Tennessee has done most of the year. So I don't know. I, I think they come out and they beat TCU, hand them their loss. Playoff committee is probably hoping for that, I would assume. But we'll see what happens in it, Woj. Yeah, and like you talked about, Texas does play well when they – they play to their their opponent really well. And I know I we've always talked about that with Iowa over the years, at least I have. Iowa has always played their opponent really well in whatever level their opponent is. And I think Texas does a really good job of that as well. Uh, they just get coached up to that. And they have the talent to get – to be in the playoffs, I feel like. They're offensively gifted. Their defense is starting to come around. Um, but again, I, I guess the same thing could be said for TCU again, these, these awesome offense and, and again, their defense is skeptical at times, but it's starting to come around. 
Um, but I, I think Texas is just a more well-rounded team overall. I, I do like Texas in this one, to be honest. I, I think TCU does fall, and I think this it could be to the Longhorns, especially at home. Uh, I, but I guess both of it is and at home. They're both Texas teams, so it's not that much of an advantage, I guess. But nevertheless, uh, it's a good rivalry game. Um, excited to watch Texas. Excited to see Bijan go crazy wall. Yeah, Bijan, man, we didn't mention, we didn't mention Ewers too. Two great things about that Texas, you know, that Texas offense. And it's it's a battle of the horns. I'm excited for it. I, I really like the fact that Texas, and I, I wouldn't, I brushed by it too fast, which I, I should have hammered the AP poll because I hammered them last week. Was I right or wrong about Tennessee being the number one team in the nation? No, I was 100% right. right. And they, they, it's, 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 you know, they deserve to have some kind of punishment for that because it was pathetic that they put them at number one. But now you're looking at a Texas team, number 18, and the TCU team, number four, that number 18 team has given a full touchdown to the people that actually have money on the line rather than just people that go out there and pick things, you know? So I just, you know, that playoff committee, they, they anger me sometimes with their picks. And I get it, Texas, to give them, you know, their due diligence, Texas is the highest ranked of the three lost teams. But, you know, if, if you had to put your money on one of these two teams playing each other, you, you take Texas like you and I both just said. Yeah, for sure, 100%. All right, a couple other DraftKings guys that I just want to talk about. Uh, a couple more wide receivers. Rashid Rice, uh, the wide re- receiver from SMU, is 8,400. He's the most expensive wide receiver you can get this week, but we're going to keep going with that SMU game that's 70 plus versus that South Florida. Um, I think he's priced correctly, probably one of the only that's priced correctly in the SMU game. He's number one, um, number one in the slate, but worth uh, 40. It could be 40 plus. Uh, which is awesome. I mean, so you're, you might get 40 points. Uh, I, I get he's not the most expensive, but uh, he can pop off. He's number two in FBS for targets per game at 13.6 and number ones in yards per game. Um, and then the other person I want to talk about is Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Iowa State. Don't give me crap. He's the number two wide receiver at 8,300, but he is the number one in FBS with targets at 14.3 and number two in yards per game. So again, the two most expensive wide receivers are the two most consistent wide receivers on DraftKings this week. So it depends on if you want to go consistency versus, uh, you know, risking for the biscuit, but we already know we can get running backs at pretty cheap this week. Our quarterback's not overly expensive. We're going to have to fit in some cheap guys, but uh, we there, there's options out there where we both have Rasheed Rice and Hutchinson both on the team at the same time. Uh, I think Rice's ceiling's higher than Hutchinson is, but we'll see. I mean, Hutchinson has yet to have a sub-10 target game this season, and he's only had four games with less than 10 receptions. Plus, they're playing a spotty Oklahoma State D with a struggling offense. So uh, I'm looking for Iowa State to win that game and, and Hutchinson to be a part of that. Uh, I am no, by by far, not an Iowa State fan, but I'm just saying that is the plays if you want to make some money this weekend, Wall. I, I wasn't going to say anything this time about you being an Iowa State fan, mm. which I was just mm. going to pass right by you being an Iowa mm. State fan. But I, if I were you, I'd hope that Spencer Sanders plays in that game if you do take Hutchinson because you want them to score points. You don't want Iowa. Iowa State's a team that if they get up by a couple touchdowns, they're going to slow the game down, which is not going to help that Hutchinson pick. But what I'm reading from all your picks here is that uh, – the uh, rundown league is going to have a, a good week if SMU does not score any yes. points. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be because we got week, we yeah. got you going in the last place for sure with all those SMU players. 
if uh, if any of the uh, Rundown Nation is playing the late games, uh, that there's some scoring wall because there's three games with over 70 point spreads. I think one of them is at 77, which is the uh, North Carolina versus Wake Forest game. Plus, you have the Oregon versus Washington game. Then you have the UCLA versus Arizona game. I mean, there's just going to be scoring left and right. Uh, I'm sure the real Jay Z, who's a big uh, Pac-12 fan, will be all over that night slate wall. Yeah, he will. But they got they got a lot of night games over there, and then they got some people that are probably going to blow out other people too. And that that Texas TCU, it's only sitting at 64 and a half. I mean that that one might get up in points too. Well, so you, you got a lot of late games. I don't know if that's one of them on the late game slate. Yeah, uh, I think they are in the late game slate as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be the late game is going to the people in the late game slate are going to be scoring a lot of points. So you're going to have to go. You're going to have to dip, dive and duck to find out who's going to be who's going to be the guy that's going to score all those points. But Bo Nix, Drake, Drake May, uh, like Walrus had it last week, is probably a good combo, but it's going to cost you a pretty penny like it did him. But he found a way to win it anyways, Wall. All right. This week, Wall, or last week, Wall, you beat me. Georgia minus eight, Tennessee plus eight. I even lost my 11 and a half, uh, barely, but I did lose my 11 and a half bet that I had bet. Um, this week, Wall, who are you going with to try to catch back up with, with uh, yours truly? Catch back up. Well, you are, you are <laughs> leading, Woj, but after, after last week, I should get a couple points for that because that was our okay. first ever heads up. That, that was an yeah. exciting. We, we, we need was. to do that more. Problem is, I didn't. I didn't take your bet. I actually, I took George on the money line. I took him on the spread at minus eight and a half, minus nine, minus ten and a half, minus twelve and a half, up to minus thirteen and a half, and they all covered. So it was a good week on Georgia. I, I was really liking our heads up pick. I don't think we're going to do one because I'm pretty sure you're not taking Hawaii this week. But I'm going to take Utah State <laughs> minus ten and a half. It's at ten and a half because the. Uh, People are not thinking that Utah State's going to travel in and do well at Hawaii. The game ends in Hawaii, so it's only at ten and a half. If this were somewhere else in the continental U.S., this is a two-touchdown game. So I'm just going to take a bet, say Utah State does do well. They perform well, and they cover that minus ten and a half. I'm taking the rainbow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am taking the Ohio State-Indiana over at 58 and a half wall. I feel like the odds makers looked at that game last week in Northwestern with Ohio State and with all the wind and rain, and they were like, well, Ohio State can't score points, but that's not the case. The last couple of years, while Ohio State hasn't not covered a 58.5 over-under um, in November, uh, they like to play hard down the stretch and get a lot of offense in. I, I feel like this is a definite over. I, I feel like Ohio State's going to score 50 or 49 on their own, and Indiana's going to maybe be in that mid-teen area or low-teen area uh, at the end of this game. Well, so I'm taking the Ohio State-Indiana over at 58 and a half. I don't mind that because Ohio State's going to come out hard. You know, there's not going to be any stopping with them. Stroud's going to be in the whole game. And I mean, unless it gets really crazy, Stroud's going to be in the whole game. So I, I kind of like that pick, Woj. And this time of year, we talked about the weather, man. It's supposed to be, I think, 46 Beautiful. degrees. It's, yeah, it's supposed sunny. to be 40, 46 degrees for that game and sunny. If that gets up to 60 degrees, I mean, your over is looking mighty nice because they have to shade in the fact that, hey, maybe it drops to freezing and it snows. They There's just something this time of year that they have to put into the line. So. Mm. That makes sense, Wall. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. 
I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>